This is the Motion Martial Arts Podcast. On today's episode, we discuss some different things involving the rise of the Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu super fight and what other martial arts can take away from that. Hey guys, uh, welcome back. It's been a few weeks since we've posted anything. Uh, today, Dan and I are going to talk some about the rise of uh, the professional professional grappling circuit and kind of what some of the other martial arts can take away from that. Um, so yeah, let's just jump into it. So last night I competed in Fight to Win Pro, which is uh, a professional jiu-jitsu event that travels around right now the United States. They're also involved with the uh, Abu Dhabi Combat Club Championship this past year and the one that's going to happen two years from now. And I think for Dan, it was the first time you'd seen a event like that live, right? Yep. Yeah, I've watched a fair amount online, but it was the first time I'd ever gone and watched it live. I had a great time. It was really, really cool. Yes. Yeah, cool to see it. So for, for those of you that are not familiar with uh, Fight to Win Pro, Fight to Win Pro is pretty much, it's put on almost like it's an MMA event, but it's just grappling matches, no gi and gi grappling matches. Um, There's even judo. Yeah, yeah, and judo, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, which is something that they just added recently is judo, but it's it's, not, it's a playoff of even the judo rules. So they're kind of doing their own rule set, and it's submission based. So the winner is determined by who catches the submission or who the referees decide. There's three referees who decide. The referees decide was the more aggressive person with attacking submissions or maybe closer with finishing the match. Um, and yeah, it's just one super fight, so it's not like the tra- traditional sort of jujitsu tournaments or where you might have multiple matches in the same day. It's just one super fight, and it's a paid event. The, all the athletes get paid, and that is something that has become more prominent in the jujitsu world pretty much probably over the last, I'd say, seven or eight years. Kind of metamorphosis was kind of like the, the jumping on point for that, and then it kind of spread to... Eddie Bravo Invitational, Fight to Win Pro, which is kind of, in my opinion, the sort of star of the show right now. There is Polaris, um, Rise Invitational, um, but Fight to Win Pro is probably the one putting on the most shows per year. There's also an event called Quintent, which is like a a team thing, which is really cool. Yeah, whoever was running it, they put on a really good good, um, presentation yeah i had a really good time watching it and it was cool because i was also like as soon as one match was over the next next guys were out there you know moved along really nicely yeah so uh the guy who who runs fight to win pro his name is seth daniels and yeah he's he he's just on top of it It, again i mean you have walkouts you have huge production a stage yeah it's it's, cool yeah (laughs) it's a you know it's an event and and you know that helps lead to the rise of grappling more as a spectator sport which then you know gives more people that do it the ability to make a living off of it whether it's competing or eventually you know teaching sure um yeah i would say too as somebody who i've been um i've been taking lessons for you for a little while we've had a little bit of a break because i broke my hand recently but um anybody you know from the karate world or any other striking art that's been thinking about getting into grappling i would suggest going to one of these events and watching i think it really you know it will get you excited to get into it because it was a really cool it was a really good time i had a great time your match was great too oh, thanks yeah it was really <laughs> and you know it was exciting too because you know the guy your opponent was very aggressive yeah and you know it's like when i think it went pretty close to the time limit too. i think there was like yep. about a minute left before yep. i caught him yeah, yeah. battled through back through some adversity a little yeah. bit you know 
uh, I ended up in some bad spots and stayed calm and worked my way out of them very, uh, you know, efficiently. And uh, I eventually caught him in a, in a choke. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like, um, I think that there is a lot that some other martial arts can take away from what grappling is doing to try and make it more appealing. Because, I mean, really, if you look at it, the combat sports that have had success from a viewership uh, sort of spectator sport perspective are Muay Thai, yep. kickboxing, and MMA. Yeah. And now there is a rise of grappling doing that. And with what Seth Daniels trying to do with Fight to Win Pro, there's even a push now for judo to get involved and, and yeah. make judo. And again, he's doing a play on judo rules. But, uh, like, I mean, I don't know how many people are watching judo competitions, you know? I, and it's like my make, impression is is just it, I met, it's almost entirely just people that do judo exactly you know, the same way with karate stuff you know it's like if you're not if that's not a sport you participate in then nobody cares about watching it yeah yeah, yeah. so you know there's there's a level of excitement that he's bringing back to jiu-jitsu no-gi grappling submission grappling judo which is cool and I I mean even even let's go to wrestling same same thing you know oh definitely yeah you know it's like uh people are not going out to watch these wrestling events unless they're wrestlers themselves. And if there were more events that are sort of similar to what fight to win pro does and some of these other events, Polaris, uh, you'd have more people, I think getting interested in the sport. And, and, and you know, it, it, the reality of it is, is that there needs to be an entertainment value to get the spectators in there. And the more, yeah. you know, people that aren't like, doing the martial art itself you need to make sure, it into an yeah. event and a show yeah it provides opportunities for the athletes you know make a little bit of money with the stuff that they're putting a lot of their life into you know and it also it just leads to exposure you know for me and i've kind of already wanted to learn grappling but i definitely after last night i feel a lot a lot more motivated to get out and do it with you yeah 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 it was it was awesome it was really cool yeah so uh, I mean, again, I, we're, we all, we're assuming that most of the people that are listening to this are, are people that are martial arts, martial artists themselves. But maybe some of you have never gone to a competition, whatever your martial art is. You've never uh, watched a competition. Jiu-Jitsu, like most of the other martial arts, or, and, and just the grappling martial arts in general, usually it's a tournament-style thing where you have to pay money to enter. Mm-hmm. And even even the the IBJJF, which is kind of the the biggest show in in town for jujitsu, uh, the World Championships, you it's it's set up like that. And um, I think that the IBJJF has done a better job making that more of a spectator thing. But again, it's not at the same level that sure uh, something like Fight to Win or Polaris or these other yeah. super fight promotions are, are kind of doing, yeah. where it's like one event, but. Uh, the traditional thing is is across the board for almost every martial art, mm-hmm. with the exception, I guess, of Muay Thai and boxing and yeah. kickboxing. Is you have tournaments where people pay. Yep. They show up, and whoever signs up for your weight class or whatever in your skill division, you just have a bracket. And yeah. So and so gets matched up with so and so. Who even knows how they're deciding who gets matched up with who in the first round? Mm-hmm. And if you win, you advance. If you lose, you're out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I usually think you know I always. I think the best way to describe, you know, those events is it's almost like kind of like fundraisers to feel like forever the tournament promoter is, you know, a person 
puts a lot of time, you know, putting, let's say it's a karate tournament, that event together. Um, it gives you or your students an opportunity to go out and, you know, and and push yourself, you know, test yourself, try to, you know, it just, it adds to your training. And that's the way I always describe it to my students. You know, tournaments are just a part of your training. You yeah. go out there and you do it a couple of times a year. And, you know, it's just good for you. It makes you a better martial artist. But yeah, it's not a spectator sport yeah. at all. It's just there for you. You know, it's like you go out there and it's just, it's just to put, it's just to challenge yourself. That's what those tournaments are for. Yeah. So, uh, and I think this is important because I think we both share the, the, this opinion. I don't think that we're saying that there's anything negative about those traditional style tournaments. I think they're great. And I think yeah. everybody should at least try it one time. And I think if you want to be, especially as a grappler, if you want to be a full-time jujitsu practitioner slash athlete, I think there's a ton of benefits in doing those tournaments. Even if you're like, Hey, I'm just going to do the no gi super fight grappling thing. You're going to become better from going through those experiences, especially yeah. with the IBJJF worlds, because those are some of the best guys in the world at jujitsu. Yeah. And trying to do ADCC trials, you're gonna get imp- you're gonna improve by trying those events out. But I don't know how much somebody who is not practicing the martial art itself wants to come out and watch those events, and that's the big thing. And um, yeah, after the experience last night, it made me really appreciate the production aspect of things because the way that the competition is presented I think makes a big difference you know, the yeah. way you guys are up on a raised stage and you know there's lights and everything like yeah, that yeah. it makes it more exciting it really yeah. does you know it, it was it was a great experience I, I would love to come back I'd love to go back and watch again it's um because otherwise I mean I, this is kind of what I would what I would say about point karate which is something i've done since i was a kid and what i probably would have said about the same thing with the submission grappling is that you know unless you train like you don't even know what you're looking at yeah you know so it's hard to be entertained by it yeah, you know? yeah it's yeah. like you don't even you have no you have no bearings you don't know enough about what's going on you know in that match to really appreciate it um as someone who knows very very little about grappling total novice you know i would say like, i can't even name the submissions that a lot of you got the lot <laughs> that, that people were going for yeah. and stuff but it was still exciting you know i still had a great time yeah and and, and so i i feel like let's sort of uh flip this the switch a little bit here and start to talk about what maybe some of the martial arts that aren't doing something like this what's the way to make it more spectator and fan friendly you know because uh, I, I think so I think let's let's talk about point karate a little bit I think you could do the same thing with point karate sure and I know lots of people that are listening are like well then just do Muay Thai probably or do mm-hmm. kickboxing but I think that there is a platform where you change the rule set mm-hmm. and and you can make it but again you're going to have to make it where there's actual contact sure but like you can, I think you could still put shin pads on and, and super lightweight gloves yep. and set up an environment where you do that. Um, yeah. Yeah, you could. Yeah, and I, I think it's a good idea, and I think there's an opportunity there for um, people in the karate world to look at, you know, making, trying to, I mean, look specifically at the fight-to-win model and kind of figure out how we can make our competitions a bit more entertaining. You know, that said, though, you know, something I think we've talked about in this podcast before. I think that there are some issues with point fighting in general that make that difficult. So in that it's, yeah, you have to change the rules, which is the yeah. same thing that is, is true of 
fight to win. Fight to win yeah. does not so uh, fight to win has no points, mm-hmm. and uh, tons of jujitsu tournaments do have points. Yeah. Um, and it's sub only, but if there's no sub, it goes to a referee's decision. So, in a point fighting perspective, you have to. I think you would have to s- still keep the points as part of it, mm-hmm. per se. You know, or, or but you can figure out a way where. I don't know if you want to add the ability to, where you're like, hey, we're gonna go and maybe you, you say, hey, you can't hit the head, but you can you can. Yeah. Keep going. Say, and if somebody is taking a certain amount of strikes, or they say they throw in the towel, they tap. Yeah. Or, you know, then the match is done. Sure. You know? Yeah. The, the way tip, point fighting typically works, and of course the rule sets are different across organizations, is that um, you know you'll have two guys who are facing each other, and there will be an exchange, and if the judges see a technique clearly land. You know, they'll call stop. And then yeah, you know, yeah. both fighters go back to the line, and then you'll usually have five refs, and you'll raise a flag one way or the other to say who got the point. So it's not continuous. It's very yeah, start yeah. stop. There are organizations that do continuous point fighting where the fight never stops, but the judges instead kind of have like counters where you know they'll like they'll they'll yeah. have like a thing they click in their hand to count the points that they see for each opponent, and at the end of the fight, you know they'll they'll see who. Who scored the most at the end of the day? You know, the problem always, and this is, you know, an advantage that point fighting has, especially for kids, is that it's supposed to be, in my opinion, you know, kind of like the idea behind point fighting a lot is that you ha- it's a safer alternative to something like kickboxing. Yeah, of course. And, and striking, yeah. that's the, one sure. of the main difference not- between striking versus grappling is that it's not that injuries do don't happen there were, there were some injuries that happened last night somebody broke their foot i think Ooh. this happened after after you had left yeah. somebody broke his foot probably another guy another two guys had their foot broken and didn't tap there was a guy who <laughs> i'm fairly certain had his arm or shoulder broken who didn't tap yep um so it's not that these things don't happen in grappling but you can go super duper hard yep and be pretty safe yeah. Uh, where if, if you bl- like if you blast me with a leg kick or a body kick right now or hit me as hard as you can in the head, sure, there's going to be some some damage right then and there. Yeah. So you know, yeah, striking is definitely it's one of those things where it's like, you know, if you're pull- there are two things about point fighting. You know, first of all, when you're talking about light contact, you know, we kind of you you don't want to fall into the trap of assuming just because you touched with it that it really that that strike really would have done damage because you watch any kind of real full contact competition i mean you see people getting hit all the time and it doesn't necessarily it doesn't always drop them um the other and one of the reasons for that is there's an over generalization of target areas where you know in point fighting especially the style of point fighting that i've done you know since i was a kid so you kind of treat like the entire head as one target and the entire body as one target when the reality is you know like point of the jaw is a very specific target where you're likely to knock somebody out you know just yeah. hitting them on the on the top of the head with your foot i mean it's like if that was that's not going to be a knockout shot most likely the same thing with the body you know you get them right in the floating ribs and you know you might drop them right on the solar plexus the liver or something like that yeah. but so I feel that there's just a big, and with point, with, with point fighting specifically, there's just this big 
area of subjectivity where, you know, it's kind of like someone needs to look at the action that happens and they need to interpret it and they need to decide whether or not it was relevant and should be awarded a point and matter for so that kind of thing. I guess my question would be, because I'm not a part of, of the, sure. the, the, the world you're, you're a part of. So if somebody then wants to get into a professional well, there isn't anything like obviously fight to win, but yeah. you pretty much are forced to do Muay Thai or kickboxing then. Yeah, yeah, and there are some promotions that actually I think Bass Rudin is a part of um, ex MMA fighter Bass Rudin is a is a is a part of this promotion, but it it's called Karate Combat, which is kind of like a new thing. Then they only have a couple of events every year where it's like full contact karate yeah. guys fighting. It's like kickboxing, but the rules are very restricted like they don't allow hook punches because they want it to be more like traditional karate although when you actually watch those guys fight suddenly you see there's those huge gray areas between a straight and a hook it's like yeah, course, really, yeah. Yeah. that way but you know they, there certainly are people that um have done and you know now that you mention it you know i didn't even think about it combat karate i think that's probably what they're going for with it trying to like you know make like a karate competition that's more entertainment has more entertainment value well the thing is is and, and, and i mean this is probably going to infuriate some some people but I, I hope at the end of the day everybody's listening with an open mind is uh some some of it is the traditional martial arts values and approach and jujitsu doesn't have those hangups. Sure. So, like, it's not. Is jujitsu is Brazilian jujitsu considered a traditional martial art? I would say I don't think it is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's not. It's funny also how 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 arbitrary that distinction is though, because you know, jujitsu like has. I practice Korean karate, which is yeah. like if you go if you're going by time, is like just as old <laughs> as Brazilian jujitsu. You know, they're actually I think. If I remember correctly, like you know, chronologically, like roughly, we're like we're, we came from a similar time period. Yeah, and, and again, Brazilian jiu-jitsu's history comes through from Japanese jiu-jitsu. Sure, so it's yeah. really old. So, yeah. and, and and I think it, it's hard to tell. I mean, so much of the history of martial arts is is kind of been twisted to tell stories yeah. of 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 people wanting to take credit for things. I mean, yeah, who knows where any of this stuff originated? You, yeah. I mean, you have you you. If you go through the history of everywhere in the world, yeah. there's always been something that shows that people were doing grappling and people were doing some sort yeah, of striking, definitely. no matter sure. what the cultures were. And it's like, well, oh, what I found is even is that that grappling is the true universal. Like folk wrestling is found everywhere. Yeah, pretty much like that. I think striking is is not that it doesn't have an old history but it's not nearly not nearly as prevalent in well history. Yeah. i mean part of that is that i mean regardless of what anybody wants to say hands are not designed really to throw yep. punches you, you know? know actually from our last last yeah. time we had we had a conversation i actually stumbled across a clip of joe rogan putting it perfectly with that they said like these things were made to play piano it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. they're made, they're to, not made to punch not to made yeah, to punch somebody yeah, in the yeah, head they're made so, to yeah. hold tools and and, and and play piano and stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's right you know and so, it, to a certain extent feet are the same way you know sure uh knees and elbows a little bit better for that stuff. Yeah, yeah yeah and, yeah. and, and same thing so like knees and elbows and and some of the if again my my knowledge of striking is way way low but yeah I've known multiple people that have told me that have fought MMA and, you yeah. know, 
done done striking like you that getting kicked with the shin is worse than getting kicked with the foot. Oh yeah, absolutely. That 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 shin bone coming around and mm-hmm. hit connects. It can feel like getting hit with by a baseball bat. Yep. Yeah, I would say you get a little bit of extra range with the foot. Yeah. You know, specifically, I still haven't quite figured out how MMA guys hit each other in the head with their shins. <laughs> it's yeah. just like I really struggle with. It's like in terms of me getting my foot to somebody's head, it's a lot easier than getting the shin. But especially with body kicks and leg kicks, the shin is definitely the better part of your leg to use. Well, I mean, again, we're we're now we're we're, we're uh, a little getting, bit off topic. Yeah, yeah. which is it's fine. Yeah. I, I I feel like that yeah. that happens. But uh, one of the things that I've been noticing a lot in MMA matches that I've been watching is like the rise of the the, the kicks to the calf. Mm-hmm. That inside that's like a new leg. thing. So they're doing the inside and the outside, yeah. and they're kicking the calf where. Usually you saw people kicking more of the thigh and they, sure. would, they would kick yeah. the inside and outside of the thigh. Now they're starting to kick the lower leg and there's people that are talking about like they get kicked with a couple of those and their leg is pretty much going numb. Sure. Uh, but there's a ton of conditioning. My, that's my understanding that needs to happen to be able to even throw the shin kick without causing yourself a ton of pain. Yeah. Uh, but that happens. Same thing with the hands. Right. You have to condition your hands to be able to throw strikes. Yep. Um, yeah, you know, it's one of the shin is just definitely a lot, a lot more of a sturdy part of the body than the foot, like the hand, you know, I mean, it's just made up of a bunch of tiny little bones. And you know, you certainly can hit with it. But I've never broken my foot at this. I've now broken both of my hands, but um, never broken a foot and I'm like never to but I imagine it's, you know, you just catch like the point of a knee. With your yeah. foot like that, it's going to go. Either. Well, same yeah. thing happens with the shin, though. So there's the famous Chris Weidman-Anderson Silva yep. fight where he broke it. And uh, when Anderson Silva went to throw the leg kick, Chris Weidman defended by deliberately pointing his knee out and his mm-hmm. knee hit the shin and the shin broke. Yep. And that's happened before in other MMA fights oh, yeah. and in Muay Thai fights where guys have thrown the shin kicks and the guys go to defend and it hits the wrong. Yep. It hits funny and the guy's legs break in half. Yeah, that's a horrific injury. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, let, let's get back back on topic. So, yeah, I, I don't I don't know what the rule set would have to be. So obviously it would have to be a huge change. But I think that there is somewhat of a middle ground where you can take it and make sort of the again it would have to change and you would have to figure some way out for there to be a definitive finish. But you can take those sort of karate point fighting things and make it into a, a spectator sport. And it doesn't have to be kickboxing or Muay Thai. Sure. Now, what that rule set is, I have no idea. Yep. Because that's not my background. I mean, man, honestly, I just even feel like, and again, just to put some some value in the, just the production of an event like that. And what would you say his name was, the guy who puts oh, on this event? Daniels, yeah. To give him some props. I mean, he puts on a good show. Uh, that was, it was a great event last night. And I would say that even just having the raised stage and the lights and the music and everything, like, I think it really adds a lot to it. And I can imagine, you know, doing maybe not like the start stop point fighting where you know like they're calling yeah, each yeah, point but maybe the continuous point exactly, fighting like yeah. that where it's not full contact i can imagine that being something that that at least more people would want to watch like that but it's um yeah i mean i feel like at the end of the day and it's something i really um I like about grappling and i've come to appreciate a lot more especially after last night is that you know submissions are really good for that as opposed to knockouts is that you know you yeah. you know it's 
and not the injuries don't happen and what you did, not that what you did last night is safe, but you know, you and that other guy can be grappling with yeah. each other pretty much at 100%. Yeah. And you know, and at the end of the day, both of you walked away from there without anything broken, yeah, you yeah. know, no, no concussions or anything like that. When the reality of, um, you know, like doing any kind of striking competition that is soon as either, either it's a knockout competition and it's full contact or it's not full contact. And then you like, there's just no way to get around that huge subjective, like dilemma of deciding, you know, like what makes a hit legit and what isn't yeah. what, you know, when, when a strike, you know, is like, okay, that would have really done damage, so, but it didn't because he was pulling it. It's hard to tell. I do not. I literally, I have yeah. very, very, very rudimentary knowledge of, of this sport, but there's yeah. that sand show, right? Yep. That's what Kung Lee came from, right? Yep. Which is kind yeah, of yeah. like a combination of kickboxing with a little bit of grappling, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, so, it's, so that might be where kind of the, the maybe, maybe the future lies in, in trying to make, Sure. Sancho's uh, Chinese. You know, a lot of time the terms that you use a little bit, it's like, I think that's just kickboxing pretty much. But it comes, it's it's like from those Chinese, that Chinese Aren't background. they wearing a little bit more protective stuff yeah. than you would in a, a traditional kickboxing match, right? I mean, I think that it, it varies based on what, like, Sancho organization. Like, yeah. I'm not super, super familiar with Sancho, but, like, I've, I've watched enough of it that it's pretty much it. Like, they allow knockouts and it's, like, a kickboxing match. Yeah, so, I, I mean, again, I think that maybe a playoff that rule set could be the future of trying to make, yeah. you know, the, the karate-based stuff more into a spectator sport. Yeah. So you open it up, and again, I, I mean, by opening it up, you might end up with guys who have very low level karate that are higher level grapplers sure but yeah. your grappling changes when somebody can kick you even with the the, the protection on yeah that's you know? actually something i think would be worth talking about because you know i couldn't help um and watching the grappling matches last night it was a lot it was a lot of fun but you know at the same time it's like because coming from a striker background you can't help but look at it and be like how would this be different if these guys were also striking each other oh, it would totally be different sure. and i mean i was talking to you man that dude head butted me in the mouth a couple yeah. times you know uh, yeah and and i uh so th th there was a moment where he, he i was on, he was on top of me and i had mm -hmm. him in the guard and he used his way to defend the guard i was doing was he yeah. drove his forehead into my mouth pretty much a nose yeah and he kind of at one point kind of moved his headway a little bit and then brought it back, which I felt was a completely deliberate headbutt, which is whatever I, I could care sure. less, you know? Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. There's not like actual striking, which means you sure. can play a different game, but there is. So Eddie Bravo has his combat jujitsu, which I'm not a huge fan of to be perfectly honest, Yeah. but that has slaps in it. And, and there's, there's been guys that have tapped out due to slaps. Oh, cool. So it's open hand slaps and he, and, and people, Wagner, Wagner Roca is one of the best jiu-jitsu guys in the world and a former MMA fighter. He's, I think he fought a couple matches in the UFC. Even. Mm -hmm. So he was pretty high level. And he, you don't mind me asking, what, what's your, I, I've never heard of that before, combat, but combat jiu-jitsu. Yeah. But what's your, what, what do you like about it? Uh, I, I just, I think from, from a grappling perspective, I'm like, just do MMA. Yeah, you know, no, I understand and, that. And, and I understand that the, the United just States MMA makes the jiu jitsu sloppier and it's like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it has some value, but it's like, uh, 
I understand, and I understand some of the complaints that some some jujitsu guys have with some of the MMA rule sets because you get stood up very quickly sometimes. Yep. And it ha- it kind of favors wrestling rules because you're winning if you're on top, even if the bottom person's doing more work. Yep. Like the bottom person could be the only person throwing strikes. Sure. And going for submission attempts, and the guy on top can just be laying, and the referees will be like, "Oh, well, he was on top." Yeah. So they'll just give it to the the guy who's on top, and it favors. A, a little bit more of trying to get the knockouts because they stand people up too quickly. Yeah. But there are other organizations where that's not the case, and they're just like. What do you think of a, What do you think of an opportunity of people trying to go back to like old school MMA rules and having that today when like there when they when there weren't rounds or anything? Yeah, like so that. I yeah. I, th- I think I think yeah. it would be cool to see an organization do that. Yeah, that would be cool. I wonder if there's a legal and, kind and, of barrier I, for I, that. So so the thing is, is that I don't think there's a legal barrier, but I think that. It had its cool moment, and when it had its cool moment, there was a lot more mystery over what was the best martial art because sure. people were training a lot more just one style. Yeah. And now we know that the best thing is a combination mm-hmm. of styles. It, it, it's picking one grappling style with one striking style. Yep. And that's, that's kind of what we know now is the best outline. Yeah, uh, if you're a grappler, you round out your skills scavenger. But again, it comes yeah. down to the entertainment value. And I don't think that people at this point in the the, the game would like to see that in the United States. I, I just I don't I don't I, I think that people Well you and I would. Man. Yeah, yeah. We're not in typical Yeah, yeah, but, but again, again, sure. you, you yeah, start to yeah. you start to uh pigeonhole who your your audience is. So then yeah. you're going to start to get it's going to be people that are more martial artists that like it and you're going to lose out on your casual fans yeah. like this is something like so we'll, we'll, let, let, let's spin it back to the music thing so my band mm-hmm. for the most part has vocals that have are screened mm-hmm. so it's like it doesn't matter whether the song is angry or not the average person who isn't like a musician listens mm-hmm. to it and it's like ah oh, this is just noise because they're screen vocals yeah so you kind of create some of the same problems when you take that and you throw that into MMA where you do it again and you just like, like yeah. one continuous match, the match goes for 30 minutes. The match goes, it's a five round fight. It's 25 minutes, no rounds. Yeah. I personally think I actually would love if they just did away with the rounds. I actually yeah. think I, I, I would love it if it was just 15 minutes. Somebody gets taken down. They don't stand them back up. You got to get back up. I would love it, but I don't, I do yeah. not think that this from a spectator perspective, I think that the average person who knows yeah. nothing because if you had an MMA organization that did that, you know, obviously they wouldn't be getting the top guys in the world because they would go to to the UFC and Bellator and stuff and you know big organizations yeah, exactly. like that. But it would represent something that you know, I guess, which maybe was the original idea behind MMA and the UFC and stuff like that was that you know you have it's just a fight. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, as few yeah. rules as possible. It's, there's no rounds, there's anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I mean, there's there's so many crazy th- people have been saved by the round. Oh, absolutely! It Having... just happened. I, did you did you watch the um the Robert Whitaker Whitaker and Israel Adesanya yeah, yeah. fight? Yeah, he got straight up knocked out at the end of the first round, or at least dropped. Yeah, I mean, yeah. who knows what would have happened when he when. Adesanya, you know, jumped on him yeah, yeah. after that, but you know, like, that's a perfect example, and from a striking perspective too, of like rounds really affecting things. That it's just like, oh yeah, you get this like well, thirty second yeah. break every three minutes, you know. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and uh, just on Friday night there was Yair Rodriguez versus Jeremy Stevens, and mm-hmm. uh, 
Jeremy Stevens got dropped. I know in the second round. I don't know. I can't remember if he got dropped in the first round. But the last round, Jeremy Stevens was destroying Ayer Rodriguez. And it's like, well, if there was another two rounds and we just kept it going where we had the match at, yep. Jeremy Stevens might have won that match. Yep. And, and, and that's the huge question. It's like, but also Jeremy Stevens had that 30-second break. Yep. Now, I'll say this about Jeremy Stevens in that second round after he got knocked down. He survived it, and he worked himself back to a top position. Yeah. So who knows? You know, and, yeah. and, and, and again, that, that, that's part of the problem. Anytime you make it a sport, there's going to be some area of subjectivity. Oh, yeah, yeah, and, and you're going to have games, yeah. gamesmanship, and, and yep. you see that all the time. Like it's, it's, there's always people that will push the rule set to the limit, yep. and you have people that try to do things with integrity. Uh, there's a guy, Christian Woodmancy, who I'm friends with, who competed last night, who we've talked about mm-hmm. before. Um, Christian. Yeah, we, take, we interviewed him once. How, did he yeah, win yeah. his match? Yeah, he did. Yeah, I wish I could have stuck around for it. Christian, Christian, like, Christian's yeah. uh, jiu-jitsu is incredible. Christian, yeah. Christian's like five foot four, hundred and twenty pounds. Mm-hmm. So you know, he, 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 if if you made if you put his jiu-jitsu in somebody who is six foot one and two hundred pounds, yeah, you would have probably the most unstoppable human being in the entire <laughs> world. Let alone Christian knows how to strike too. He's fought pro MMA. But, you know, like, uh, I don't even remember where I was going with this, but, but like, um, I mean, I, yeah, I don't even remember where I was going to go with this, but there's just this, this fine line with, with the sport. Oh yeah, I now I remember. So he, he, he was awarded points, I believe at a world championship for, in a match where he didn't earn the points and he actually told the ref, Hey, I didn't deserve these points. Mm-hmm. And so take him off or whatever. Talking about Christian. Yeah, yeah. So he's a guy who has integrity and he wants yeah. to win with integrity. There's other people that don't care. Oh, they yeah. want to win at all costs. They're like, oh, if if I can, if the ref isn't looking, I can bend back a finger and break somebody's finger. I'm going to bend back their finger and break their finger, which is illegal in grappling competition, but they'll do it. Yeah. Right. So there's, there's some people that are like, I want to win with integrity and I want to be the best and known for being the best. Within the within always following rules, and Chris would be well, a great I would say known for being the best. It's more, I feel like that kind of mentality is just motivated by a desire to to like challenge yourself. You know, it's a part. That's why you know I've been dis- I've won by disqualification in point fighting matches before. Yeah, because I like get kicked in the face and a lot of co- a lot of point fighting competitions. You know, it's like if you draw blood and if you hit somebody in the face and they're bleeding, it's an automatic disqualification. And it's like, that's just such a shitty way to win. You know, it's yeah. like, you know, it's like, oh, I got kicked in the face and I won that match. <laughs> Good for me. Yeah, I, I don't. Nobody can. Yeah. It, I can't understand that rule set. I, that, that's yeah. a rule that makes no sense to me. But you and I have talked about that. Before. Well, and it's just 100% based on trying to create some kind of combat that is safe. And I mean, my like friend, I, I say it, I've said it before earlier in this conversation. It's like I can understand that that's something that's really valuable for kids. Right, but if you're an adult and you want to be safe, then don't compete in a combat sport. I think is the better way of looking so, at well, it. Last yeah. night at the fight to win, my friend Dylan competed, and I don't I don't know what happened, but his his nose got probably broken. He was bleeding all over the place. Yeah. He cleaned him up and he kept doing the match. Yeah. You know, it's like sure, man. That's that. That's a, in a non non striking art. To me, I'm like blood blood. They they drew blood, so you get to 
and get disqualified. I'm sure you can appreciate it as an athlete a little bit that there are some, you know, common sense, you know, um, restrictions that you can introduce and say in, in interest of the athletes, you know, safety and health, you know, where it's still, you know, a good competition, but you know, let's not just be careless about this because, you but you can only like try to make something so safe before, and this is my opinion about point fighting. You can only try to make it so safe before it just stops resembling fighting in any meaningful way. Yeah. And you know, like, and you know, and a lot of the time it's kind of, you know, there's only so much you can do anyway. I've been knocked unconscious in point fighting matches before. It's like that still happens sometimes. You know, it's like there's no way to avoid it entirely when you have two guys, you know, throwing kicks and punches at each other. But yeah, like rules like that, that, you know, you punch somebody in the face and their nose bleeds and you're automatically disqualified. It's like, what's, you know, that's a perfect example of why it would be, in my opinion, it would be so hard to you know, create a spectator sport out of something like point fighting. Yeah. I mean, you'd have to, again, it's like we said, you have to change the rules. I don't, I don't know who it is. Again, what, what the change is, but ultimately it's going to be the same thing. It's going to be a person like a Seth Daniels who decides, hey, this is what I want to see and I'm going to make it. So he's not just manager of it. It's like one, that's like his company. That's his thing. Yeah, it's his thing. So, so like, again, it was his idea and he was like, this is some, something that I feel is missing I understand what the other companies are doing that are, have done the super fights thing, but I want to do it differently. Yeah. And I, th- I think he had a background as a, a show promoter. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was, so, I mean, to me, I see things as a musician that are very similar to things that I notice coming up you know, I as thought, a musician that he does. Yeah. I thought about that when you were up there on stage, man. You look good up there. Like, you know, you look comfortable. I figured well, yeah, that, being a musician for so many years. It definitely, you know, definitely like, has, yeah. has, is an advantage. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, even the crowd still, doesn't bother you. Maybe you think sometimes yeah. as much as the other people, but I mean, it's still, I, I still, so I feel, I mean, the lead up the day, the lead up to weigh-ins the day before I hate. Sure. And I'm like, I never have any issues with weight. I don't cut weight. I'm always underweight. I'm yeah. good. But it's still nerve wracking. You're like, well, what if the scale's broken? Yeah. What if I drink too much water today and I'm gonna and I'm <laughs> yeah. gonna gain because people yeah you can gain five pounds of water weight real quick drinking sure. too much yeah. you know and then it's like then it's like you have a whole day and most of the other that are kind of like tournament style competitions you get there relatively early and you just go compete. You don't have. 16 hours of the day where you're sitting around doing nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. So it's like I, I had this whole day yesterday of just sitting around doing nothing until my match. Yeah. I've been even at the venue for probably about two hours yeah. doing nothing. And and, and I, I was feeling nervous, uh, more nervous than I usually get doing anything uh, leading up to the match. I'm sure it's not. And then by the time I got on the stage, I felt more relaxed. But, but even that, I, I actually kind of felt like the relaxation for me might've actually been a bad thing. Cause I was almost overly relaxed and I felt like it, it, I didn't turn it on as much again as I could have. Um, but who cares? You know, I, I got the win. So that's all that really matters at the end of yeah. the day. You can't really question something that's working. And I've only done fight to win three times and I'm two and one. Uh, well, as the total novice that I am, we talked about it kind of before we started recording this podcast that I could kind of, and I know, you know, you and Alberto well enough to know that your general approach to stuff like that is to kind of, 
be defensive and, you know, like wait for the person to tire themselves out. And then, you know, they make a mistake and you go for it. So that's why I could tell, like, I, and even your opponent, I could tell that he was getting tired pretty quickly into your match. That he was very, very aggressive like that. So it was, a, it was, it was a lot of fun to watch. It's cool stuff, man. Yeah, I mean the whole again the whole event's great, but I mean I, I this was a question that I posed to you, which is why we're having this conversation. It's like, how do you do that with the striking arts, you know, and not make it kickboxing or Muay Thai? There has to be. Yeah, I think it's hard to get around the you know full contact striking competition is entertaining, you know, and. Like how you can make a a a, a, a light contact, semi contact striking competition more entertaining. It's hard, you know. There has to be something. To so do. you have you have like well, just simple. So let's use amateur boxing and yeah. amateur MMA as a great yep. example. So I I mean I knockouts happen in amateur boxing and amateur MMA, but they're a lot less because of the rule sets and the protection sure. they're wearing. So it's like there has to be a middle ground for but karate. But amateur boxing, how big of a spectator sport is that compared to professional it, yeah, boxing? Yeah, it's not huge. Yeah. But again, it, you, you'll have it, – it, again, it, it – yeah, so usually it's used as a way to build people up. Same thing with amateur MMA. But they're, they're still have a, a amateur following, you know, and the yeah. events do, do, do decent. But again, even even within that context, the thing is, is that there is a professional boxing. So, yeah, th- yeah, they have the professional. It's a stepping stone. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So it's different, but like there has to be an environment for this yeah. to work. I feel. Like. I, I, you know, listen. There are still millions of people out there that do karate and that compete in those kinds of events. So I'm not saying that I think with better production. And you know, I'm sure things like this might exist in some of the open tournament circuits and stuff like that, but. It's, I, I think that with that kind of production, you could make it more. I mean, you know, like, like the event last night, you know, what percentage of that crowd do you think is involved in jujitsu on some level? Definitely a majority I mean, from yeah, where I was course. standing, yeah, yeah, you know, course, it was yeah, like yeah. a lot of guys, you know, were there from their school to watch, you know, yeah, yeah, to yeah. watch their friends compete and stuff like that. So... I'm not, I, I definitely, I would, I, I think that there's an opportunity there with people in the karate world to be like, yeah, well, why don't we actually try to make a show out of it first yeah. and see, and sure, it's going to be to a very exclusive audience of people that care about point karate, which is people that are either doing it now or have done it in the past or train at schools, the people that do it, you know, it's like, those are the people you're going to get to come out, but you could actually make it more entertaining. I think one of the issues, and you brought this up earlier is just kind of the hang-ups of like traditionalism that um you know if you're a super traditional school i think the idea of you know making a show out of it you know a a lot of people would look at that as somehow kind of sullying the art a little bit but i you know i disagree because it gives an opportunity to the athletes you know first of all to make it something that instead of like them literally paying money to compete yeah. there's, there's just some money in it and it also gives exposure to your sport and what you do because yeah. it's like and as somebody who participated for years in like a very a super obscure you know amateur sport which is point karate it's like you know it 
it can be fun. It can, it can add a lot to your training, but at the end of the day, it's not something even like that, like what you did last night that, you know, it has, it's, I think it's an opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I think you can do it. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I'll, I'll say this and this can kind of be our, our point to wrap it, wrapping it up is there actually is some truth in, in, in the fact that if you do open it up to that, that, some of the traditional values are going to get lost because there is the reality is, is that there is trash talk in these, in the professional jujitsu sort of circuit. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's trash talk. There's people trying to get in people's head by saying things like the, the guy who I had this match with, I I don't, I didn't follow his social media, but some, some friend of mine was like, I guess looked at his Facebook page or something. He was like, he said, uh, come watch me choke somebody out cold again on, on Saturday night or whatever, mm-hmm. which is not something I would do. But even that, that's kind of... Yeah, that's, that's not, not extreme. That's know, not extreme, yeah. but you have guys that straight up are, will, will insult people. And, and, hey, man, and I, I, from total spectator's perspective, too, you see a lot of the guys up there that... Um, not that there's a lot of showboating or anything like that, but, you know, like, I can see the way that somebody wins that uh, you could kind of tell whether or not they're the kind of person that is, I, I don't know, maybe, maybe I'm reading into it too much, but I feel that, like you could kind of see what their, what, what that kind of competition does for them as a martial artist, you know, yeah, they, they kind of want the glory of it just to win, dominate other people. Or are they just somebody who really loves, this art and you know wants to challenge themselves so, and like that so they kind of are graceful you know i'll say this last night is the first time i think i've ever done any jujitsu competition and i i celebrated and reacted in any way really? but i celebrated it in the way that i did which i i felt like wasn't even a huge deal i, I slapped a mat and gave some high fives you know yeah, that's <laughs> normal I mean, but, but uh there are people doing the like neck yeah yeah you, you, usually, usually, choke, usually usually i just shake and give them a handshake and don't make it a big deal yeah but i was i i remember just being frustrated because i got hit in the mouth a couple times and i was just like jesus christ i'm i'm i'm, I'm angry now yeah <laughs> you no, know I and, and, I, and and then i caught this up and i was just i was excited and, and i got caught up in the moment i i feel like there's something to be said to acting like you've been there before you know sure um but I, I, you know, that sometimes somebody in the middle of the match says something that you don't like, and you're like, Jesus Christ, if I get this guy, and then you win, and you're you get caught up in the moment. But there's things that, yeah, like what yeah. you're talking about, where people are taking it to the extreme. Right. But again, it's making it. Some of those things need to happen in order to make it a spectator sport. I was watching yep. uh, football today, and there was a guy whose team was down who was celebrating after he got a first down. I was like, I hate that, but I'm like at the same time, it's entertainment. Sure. So you're walking a fine line between like how how you should carry yourself like to be respectful versus how should you carry yourself to make it so people want to watch you. Sure. Yeah. And it's just it's a little bit of the difference between a martial art and a sport, right? Like this idea of showboating. And you might give me a little bit of a jujitsu perspective on it, you know, but specifically for, you know, the traditional arts. A lot of times, stuff like karate, you know, it's like something like showboating, you know, it's not something that you would find in a traditional karate competition. <laughs> it's that, it's yeah. that, you know, and it's, um, 
I don't know if that's similar in the jujitsu world with that kind of stuff, but it's like because the point is, it's not for people's entertainment. It's for the it's for your yeah. to challenge yourself and to showcase the art. You know, maybe so stuff like I that. I think I think in jujitsu, I think in the traditional, the big the big show in town is the IBJJF. I think that there is a lot of talk about being respectful and and like mm-hmm. that, but there's a lot of things that happen that sometimes don't come across that way sure and and behaviors and things that are said and done and it's like they there's a lot of talk about the respect and it being the gentle art and all these things and you have guys that are you know taking the celebrations over the top and they only won by getting an advantage and it's like you yeah. won you should you should be happy you won i'm not saying you shouldn't be happy that you won but you're acting like you definitively destroyed this person and you, you kind of didn't so yeah 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 so like what was the point there's lots of sometimes where things where it's like somebody talks about respect and it doesn't go their way and then all of a sudden they start talking trash on somebody else and yeah like, i understand your point though man it was a sport and it's for people's entertainment I and mean, showboating comes with that yeah you know? it's just, but it's just, in the martial just arts work. world you know something i would say is pretty universally something people find kind of distasteful, you know, yeah. but, you know, the exception of that being like, you know, like prize fighting, stuff like that. Yeah. All right, man. Well, keep training, everybody. Yeah. Thanks for Until listening as time. always. Take care.